Hi, I'm Harriet Levins, one of the pastors here at Life Church, and we're so glad that you're tuning in with us this morning. Hey, I'm Pastor Tim Blevins. Thank you so much for being with us. We're so honored you came to be at Online Church today. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do at Life Church, just visit us at lifecc.com. Awesome. Hey, I want to invite you to prepare yourself for a great Sunday. Our team has worked hard. Our worship team is ready. We have a great message for you today. Prepare your hearts for an amazing day. God bless you, church. Hello, Life Church. Welcome to Online Church. I'm so glad you're with us. Thank you for staying connected to church, even from your home or wherever you may be. I want to remind you that it's easy to stay connected with us from our website. There's a place to give us your prayer requests, your praise reports, a place to let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. There's also a giving link that's there. I'm excited about next week's service, in-person service. If you're able to be with us, we're expanding. We're adding the second service. We're adding kids' ministry back in. It's going to be an exciting day. We're making room for you, so I want to personally invite you to come from home to in-person if you can. It's going to be great. Also, just once again, I've mentioned this before, but I'm grateful for your generosity. You have enabled us to continue to provide ministry, to grow our ministry, to expand and get better. So just thank you for your generosity. I do want to ask you to continue to be faithful. If our church has been a blessing to you, would you continue to bless us and become a regular giver and help us to continue to move forward with our church? Hey, today we're in our last part of our series called Heaven on Earth. It's been an exciting journey of discovering how we can focus our prayer life and our actions on bringing that which exists in heaven into earth. And so today we're going to talk about this as a title of my sermon, Heaven Sent. So that's our title, Heaven Sent. You can write that down. It's out of the book of John, chapter 20, verse 21. It says, as the Father has sent me, He said, I am sending you. So that's going to be our topic today. Let me begin, though, by asking you a question. I have one question for you to begin. And the question is this, where do you live? I'm sorry, the question is, why do you live where you live? Why do you live where you live? Why'd you pick your neighborhood? Why'd you pick your section of town? Why do you live where you live? Maybe you decided to live where you live because you wanted to live closer to downtown, or maybe uh, you wanted to live closer to the water. Maybe you picked where you live because of the neighborhood amenities. Maybe you liked that apartment. Maybe it was price. Maybe you just loved the kitchen countertops. Maybe you thought it had a big garage, a big yard. I don't know why did you decide to live where you live. Well, my hunch is this, that you would answer that question based on a consumer's mindset. Not a bad thing, but you probably decided to live where you live based on how that benefits you, how it benefits me. Now, that's not all bad, uh, it's actually good. You ought to pick a house that suits your needs. The tension that I'm having today is, though, that we take that consumer mindset from how we pick our house, choose where we're going to live, to where we're going to shop, and we bring that consumer mindset into our spiritual life and into our church experience as well. 
you may have heard someone say like this and using language like this in how they're picking a church. They would say, hey, I'm going to go church and fill in a blank. What do you think it is? I'm going to go church shopping. Of course, we use a consumer mindset even when we think about church. And so I saw this quote when it comes to kind of this consumer mindset when it comes to church. And I want you to look at this by Richard Halverson. His perspective on church is really interesting. And he says that in the beginning, the church was a fellowship of men and women centered on the living Christ. Then the church moved to Greece where it became a philosophy. Then it moved to Rome where it became an institution. Next it moved to Europe where it became a culture. And finally it moved to America where it became an enterprise. Man, what a unique, what a perspective on church. In America, many of us have accidentally approached church as an enterprise. It's a place where my family and I come to receive, to consume of spiritual content. It's just a place where we are, are getting from it. I believe that Jesus would challenge us to see our church as not only a place where we receive, but it's a place where we give back. It's not just a place where we, we consume spiritual food, but it's a place that we join a mission. We are contributors along the way. A church is a big family. It's a big family. It's a place where you belong. It's a place where we're spiritually fed. And it is a place with a mission. It's a church that's on a mission. Here's another interesting quote that I saw about consumerism in Christianity in America. This is by Dallas Willard. And he said, consumer Christianity is now normative. The consumer Christian is one who utilizes the grace of God for forgiveness and the services of the church for special occasions, but does not give his or her life and innermost thoughts, feelings, and intentions to over, over to the kingdom of heavens. Such Christians are not inwardly transformed and not committed to it. Dallas Willard. He says, consumer Christianity is now normative. And he's speaking specifically to American Christians today. But here is my hope for us today, that we see the church as a family with a mission. We're a family with a mission. We're a movement representing God's love and God's God's transformation power were a movement of taking that from the church into the city. And God is asking us to be part of a community with a mission, a community with a purpose so that we can change our part of the world. The church is not just a great place to, to grow. It's not just a great place to get spiritual information. It's not just a place to find great friends. It should be all of that. It's a place to belong. But it is also a place where we, we engage in a mission to help bring heaven to earth. I would like to say it like this. We are a community with a cause. We're a community with a cause. It is an opportunity for us as a church to partner with God to establish His, His kingdom will on earth as it is in heaven. That's why Jesus taught us to pray. Taught us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the Bible teaches us that Jesus 
was sent from heaven to earth, and now He is in turn sending us to finish the work He began. In John 20, 21, it says, As the Father has sent me, He said, I am sending you. So church, we have a mission. We have a, a, um, a mission of being sent from Jesus, from heaven to earth with a purpose to do. And so I want to take us to a text where we see where Jesus kind of demonstrates how we understand the difference between being a consumer and being a contributor. And so if you go with me to the book of John chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, there's a famous story where Jesus has a conversation with a Samaritan woman at a well. And so it says this, it says, As soon as the Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. Now he was alone at that time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. So the disciples were hungry. So they left Jesus to go into town to find some food to consume. So when they left him there, a woman came to the well and he met this woman there and he asked her for a drink. She responded to him and she said something to the nature, why are you asking me for a drink? She said that, why is even a Jewish man talking to this Samaritan woman? And so Jesus used this as a connection point to have a conversation with her. And He said, if you only knew who you were talking to, and you knew the gift of, of living water, the gift of life that I could give you, He said, you would be asking me for a drink of living water. He told her that anyone who drinks from the water He gives will have everlasting life. They would never thirst again. And so she hears the story, talks to Jesus, confirms inside of her that He is the Son of God. And so she asks Him, she said, give me some of that water. Give me a drink of that water. And so when He does this, uh, when she says that, about that time, the disciples return and they find Jesus there and they say to Him, you know, do you want some food? Maybe they had a a bag of firehouse subs with them. Maybe they'd gone and brought that back. And, and so they said, do you want some food? And, but Jesus uses this as an occasion to teach them a lesson that I think is helpful for you and I to learn today. Because Jesus says in John 4.32, He says, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. So what does this mean? The disciples were probably confused when Jesus said, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. So they asked, they said, did, did someone bring him food while we were gone? I, you know, I would kind of laughingly say, did you know, Jesus call up DoorDash and, and get someone to bring some food while, while they were gone? But Jesus uses this moment to, to bring a really important point. And He says in John 4.34, He says, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing His work. You see, the thing that satisfies Jesus' life is doing the will of God and doing the work here on earth. That's what satisfied Him. So just kind of notice for a moment the contrast that the Scriptures bring out about the disciples and about Jesus. The disciples had gone to, to get some food to consume to satisfy their hunger. And Jesus says that it's not the natural food that is what is satisfying Him, but is doing the will of the Father. It's doing the work of the kingdom is what satisfies Him. In other words, what Jesus is saying is what fills Him is filling others. 
What fills Jesus is filling others. So the point that I'm making today about the church is that when we only see the church as a way to consume spiritual food, we miss out on what truly satisfies us in life, which is contributing to others. And so Jesus said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of the Father, doing the work of God. That's what satisfies our life. Jesus wants us to move from me to ministry. He wants us to move from what it's all about me in church to how can I bless others? How can I contribute? How can I make a difference with my life? Yes, church should fill you. But out of that filling, we should spill that over into our neighborhoods, our streets, and everywhere we go. And so Jesus knew the key. He knew his key. He knew his purpose. And the key for Jesus was that he knew he was sent. He knew he was sent from heaven to earth and that he had that purpose. In the book of John, it lists over 40 times that it says that Jesus was sent either from heaven or from the Father to do the will of God on earth. Over 40 times it is said in just the book of John that he was sent. As an example, it says in John 6.38, it says, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. So Jesus knew He was sent from heaven with a mission on earth. He knew His purpose in it. And now it says that He is sending us. That's why it says in John 20.21, once again, it says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. You see, the key to breaking consumerism is knowing our purpose and knowing that in doing the purpose of God and doing the work of God, that is what truly satisfies us in our life. It's not that Jesus doesn't want you to be filled. You should be filled. Your church should be a great place for all of the connections. We ought to come to church and experience deep teaching and amazing encounters of God in the presence of worship and And we ought to be able to be filled with the encounters of the Holy Spirit at church. We ought to have all a deep place. But it is also a place with a mission. And if all you do is receive, then you're going to become stagnant in life. You'll be like a pond with no outlet. And it just grows old and filled with algae. But if you have an outlet, a source of of letting it go, letting God's power work through you, then you stay fresh. You become part of that living water that just never runs dry. And so we want to be part of a movement, a mission. I think Jesus is talking to you and I in this text today. I think He's calling us to be counter to the culture, the culture of consumerism, consumerism in our Christianity, and He's calling us to be contributors and to be ministry and mission-minded. I hope that we use our influence. I hope that we use our relationships and our connections and our prayers and our resources to do the will of Jesus here on earth because He is sending us. We have His commissioning. He is sending us to make a difference with our lives. And so for the next few minutes, I want to share with you three ways that we as a church can make a difference. How we can take this being sent from the Father, from Jesus, into the world. Three real practical, easy ways that we can apply this today. And so the first I want to show you is how we can be 
able to do relational acts of kindness. Relational acts of kindness. It's a great way to build relationships with others so that we can either invite them to church or tell them our testimony or in some way help them learn who Jesus is. Let me take you back to the beginning of my message for just a minute because I asked you a question, and the question was, is why do you live where you live? And so for all of us, we have some particular reason we live where we live, and maybe it has to do with the amenities of our, of our house, maybe it's close to our job or something like that. And all of those are important and, and really good reasons, and it's perfectly fine. But what if, just what if for this moment, we were not only in our neighborhoods that, that are there to meet our needs, but we have been sent to our neighbors to help them meet Jesus? What if there was so much more to where we lived? What if it wasn't just about it happened to be in a good area close to a school I liked? What if somehow God providentially put you in your neighborhood to be salt and light in your neighborhood? What if somehow God knew you would be there? Because He's God, He can do that. What if He has ordained this time, this season for you to be in your neighborhood to be a difference maker there? That's how relational acts of kindness really helps. Because when you do things for your neighbors that build a bridge to them, then you have an opportunity to share the good news of Christ with them. I'll be honest with you. It's, um, it's really easy to make friends when you show up with a plate of cookies. Uh, someone brings me a plate of cookies, you're an instant friend of mine. And I'll listen to anything you want to tell me. I'm kind of kidding, but it's true. I have a neighbor that brings me cookies all the time. But listen, any act of kindness, maybe you're mowing your yard and you mow your neighbor's yard. An act of kindness, that's a relational act of kindness because it suddenly puts you in a position to have a conversation with someone, to get to know someone. It might be as simple as just slowing down on the way to the mailbox and saying hello to a neighbor and talking to them. In our culture today, we rarely even know the neighbors around us. Maybe you get to know your next door neighbor. Maybe it takes a relational act of kindness. I want you to do one thing for me this week. Would you do one relational act of kindness in your neighborhood, your apartment complex, or at your place of work, or at your school? One relational act of kindness. Come up with something that you can do that will be a bridge builder to a new relationship. And hopefully over time, God will use that for you to make a difference in their life. So would you do one relational act of kindness in your place this week? Also, another way for you to be involved is in our City Serve projects. I'm excited to tell you that we have, ser we have City Serve projects coming up for the rest of the year. And our next one is going to be on September 12th at 8.30 in the morning from 1 p.m. Uh, Travis and Michelle McCracken will lead a church group to serve at the First Fruits Food Pantry. And so we would love to invite you to be a part of that, to be part of our City Serve projects. We want to be a church that touches our city in practical ways. And so by having a City Serve project once a month for the next several months, you have an opportunity to, to volunteer and be a part of something that touches other people's lives. And so if you want to be a part of that, go to our website. There's a link there on CityServe Projects, and you can join in and be a part of our next one with Travis and Michelle. 
if you could see them now, I wish I could introduce them to you. You're online, so I can't, but they're amazing leaders, amazing people. They're part of our worship team. They have a real heart for our city, and so I'm excited they're going to help lead that for us. And so the next time you see them, say something to them about how excited you are about that. And the last thing I want to bring to you as a practical way for you to be a part of, of, of being sent into our city is that I want to invite you to continue to support our Heart for the City offering. Now, I'm really excited about this because last year we received a year-end offering. So those of you that were with us last year, you remember this. We took up an offering, Heart for the City, and we designed that offering to go to different ministry organizations and nonprofits in our city. So we took up a pretty large offering. And so this year we had an opportunity to bless these organizations. I want you to look on the screen for just a moment. You'll see some pictures that we took of us giving these checks to these organizations over the last several weeks. When we began to give these checks to them, we realized that the timing of this was incredible. We didn't know when we took up that offering last year that this would roll into a year with a pandemic. And for many nonprofits, their giving has dropped off. And so when we began to give these checks to them, that each one of us told us that the timing was incredible. So I'm so excited that we were able to bless these organizations this year. We met with over 12 organizations, gave out over $12,000 to bless these organizations, and it's just amazing. And so how can you be a part of that? Well, we're going to do that same Heart for the City offering again because we want to be a blessing again in 2021. So on November the 15th, we will have our final moment to give to the city, uh, to the Heart for the City offering. You can begin to give now. You can give a little bit each week up until that point. But on November 15th, we'll find out how much we have a church have given towards this. And then we'll make a huge difference in 2021 with these organizations again. So that's exciting. Three great ways that you can be sent into your neighborhood, into our city, in a way to be sent to help these nonprofit organizations. So awesome church. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so grateful for the generosity from last year and that we got to do that. It's so exciting. So great. Well, listen, I want to close out today's message, but this whole series, I want to just kind of close this whole thought about heaven on earth together because what we're trying to do is see ourselves as Christ's ambassadors. We are His representatives on earth from heaven. We have a, we have a purpose of establishing the kingdom of heaven on earth. We have that purpose. And so if you've been with us for the last six weeks, we started with our first lesson on that we were citizens of heaven, that, that our identity comes from heaven and we have a purpose from heaven to earth. In week two, we talked about how the enemy is opposing us because we are working on behalf of our heavenly Father and he is opposing us. And we talked about spiritual warfare. In week three, we talked about how we can pray for others to be healed and how we can believe for miracles in the lives of others. In week four, we talked about having an urgency in our mission. In week five, we talked about the gifts of the Spirit are tools that we use to help build the kingdom of God. And so today I gave you three real practical ways that we are sent to make a difference in our city. And so I really hope you'll take those things to heart through this whole series. 
But the point of all of this is that we have been sent by Jesus to go represent Him and establish heaven on earth. So that's what this whole series has been about. We have been sent. And sent is an action word. If I'm at home and Harriet asks me to go to the grocery store, she's sending me to the grocery store. That requires action. I have to get up, go to the grocery store, and get it and come back. It's action. We want to be a church that is both a church that comes, but a church that goes. We're a church with action. I want us to be a place where we gather together and we meet and we, we experience God together and we grow, but I want to be a church that also goes. I want to be a church that comes and a church that goes. We are a gathered body, but we're also a sent army. We are a community with a cause. And so that's why I want to close again today with our, our final declaration. And I think I'm going to continue this declaration for weeks to come because it's a great reminder of our calling, of our mission as a church. And so on the screen, you see this declaration. Today, I want you to say the declaration. I want you to read it with me. If you join me on this, if you go with me on this, are you ready? On the screen, one, two, three. I declare I am part of a growing community of Christians who worship God and help others find life in Jesus. I will go with courage and return with honor. I'm a light to the world, and all who meet me this week will be blessed because I am a child of God. Guys, thank you for tuning in. One last thing, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for every person that is tuned in today. God, I ask that you would bless them. I ask that we would take this whole series of being ambassadors of Christ. And Lord, that we would take it into our homes and we would take it into our workplaces, school, wherever we go, wherever we shop. Lord, that we would help establish heaven on earth. God, I pray that you just cover our church with safety and protection as we move. Lord, we love you. You're amazing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church.